Wow, that was extremely tough to watch. You know, I just watched on Fox a father, Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. He was the father of the 19-year-old um, kid, you know, teenager, who was killed... Um, inside Seattle's uh, CHOP, the Capitol Hill-occupied uh, protest area. And today, though, here's the thing. You had Durkin, who says, you know, there's the headline in the Washington Times, Seattle police reclaim autonomous zone after wave of violence and two deaths. You know, the thing with the mayor of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, the only reason that she took this thing down, that she made the decision to finally act, to finally get rid of this lawlessness, chaos, anarchy, is because the protesters, so-called protesters, came to her house, and it got personal for her. And I just watched this man, Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr., cry on national television this is a 50 year old man and no one can blame him for whatsoever and he cried because it's personal for him this is his son who is no longer with him horace lorenzo anderson senior and junior were completely and utterly let down by the democrat party and the democrat leaders in seattle and in washington state the fingers need to be pointed at jenny durkin mayor of seattle and governor jay inslee the governor of washington state because where were they on all of this why didn't they stop this when they had the chance why wasn't mayor durkin when she was out there tweeting to the president of the United States, who said, "I, you, know, I can get this thing done. All you gotta do is give me a call." I remember he was at the uh, rally in Tulsa and said, "I have, I have an offer out right now for anyone who wants to take me up on it. I will get this thing cleaned up for you. You know, the federal government will come in and save your citizens." But the, 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 um, they did nothing. There was again inaction there was there was nothing from the council i mean we went through the council yesterday and the councilwoman sawant who was saying that it's capitalism's fault when she called it herself a socialist alternative these people i i, I just i truthfully want to know and i would talk directly right now to the african-american community in our country what more is it going to take how many more deaths do you have to see of african americans for you to finally wake up how, how many chances are you going to give the democrats to ruin your lives think about it this is 50 years of failure now in big liberal cities, thanks to Democrat rule. The Democrats certainly can't point fingers at Republicans because Republicans have no say as far as big cities go. The citizen, the American people that live in these big cities continue to vote for the Democrats. What have the Democrats brought to the African-American community, though? I'll answer for you. The Democrats have brought crimes they've brought shootings they've brought chaos destruction they've brought death to african-american communities they always say this is the this is the 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 lie that they always give to african-americans well the republicans are racist and the republicans are against you and we're here to save you uh, I think Horace Lorenzo Anderson would disagree because that 19-year-old teenager is dead because of failed 
Democratic leadership. What, how do they get away with this? How does, how does the Democrat Party get away with this? How does Mayor Durkin not act and put this thing out while she had the chance? How does Governor Inslee, what, where has he been? He's been totally absent from the whole situation. Do they really want to sacrifice their own people, which is exactly what we've seen, to beat Donald Trump? Is that how bad they want to – that, that's the goal for them? You know, these people make me sick. The Democrat Party literally makes me physically sick. It was so hard to watch that. By the way, I would implore anyone – to watch the interview on Fox, it's about 30 minutes long, and he, he, he it, there's no other emotions. It's hard to even put it into words. The the heartbreak and the sadness that you feel from this father who lost his son in this area of pure and utter chaos and anarchy and lawlessness. That's what you get when you don't have police around. I Republicans, you this is a must-win election. It's not only a must-win for Donald Trump, but it's a must-win. You need to regain the House. You have absolutely have to retain the Senate. There is this is this is a, a big mission and Every single Republican needs to put every single thing they have into this. That's how big this election is. It is massive for the way that this country goes. If you want the lawlessness of CHOP and defund the police and AOC's crazy socialist Green New Deal, you know, she has been, she has been put in charge of energy by Joe Biden. It, and if you want your guns being taken away, as Beto O'Rourke is, is, is happy to say that that's what he's going to do. Biden says he's putting him in charge of, of gun policy. You know, the only thing right now, whether I, I don't care about how you feel about Republicans, but right now that party, the Republican Party, led by the president, Donald Trump, is the only thing that stands between the United States of America and opening the door to socialism, to chaos, to anarchy. You know, it's so sad. It's so, so sad. And I'm going to get into what he said. Um, I mean, let me read what the Washington Times says. The CHOP area in um, Seattle uh, was finally put to an end. Seattle police reclaimed the three week old can you imagine this thing has been standing there for three weeks are you kidding me durkin Inslee? total failures what a disgrace what a disgrace they both are to this country um uh seattle police reclaimed the autonomous zone from black lives matter protesters in an early wednesday raid and arrested 32 occupiers the police were carrying out an executive order from mayor jenny durkin Three weeks too late, Durkin, after a rash of crime and violence in which four people were shot and two black teenagers were killed. Now, this isn't a shot at the Washington Times whatsoever. I think it's a great publication. But notice how it's two black teenagers were killed. You don't know the names of those black teenagers. The whole country doesn't know the name of these teenagers. The whole country doesn't know the names of the, the minors. And the even adults, for that matter, that are killed in Chicago every single weekend because the Democrats have no idea how to run anything. Anything they get their hands on goes to hell. And then Republicans have to come in and clean it all up. You know, now you got the police coming in and clean it up. But we're not going to have police. Defund the police. Are you kidding me? I mean, Minneapolis has already gone and abolished the police. This is this is how serious this election is. 
That is a platform that Democrats are proudly running on. And now even in uh, New York City, I'll, I'll get into that momentarily. Let me com uh, finish with Seattle here. Uh, Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best uh, emphasized that she supported peaceful protest. By the way, I'm so sick of hearing peaceful protests. How long are these, quote, protests going to go on for? Yeah, what more do you need? You need justice. How long are you going to keep citing George Floyd? The Democrats don't even know the name of George Floyd. Not just everyday local Democrats either. I'm talking minority leader of the Senate, Chuck Schumer, doesn't know George Floyd's name. How about the the Speaker of the House? Think of if another country saw the Speaker of the House in our Congress, Nancy Pelosi doesn't even know the name of George Floyd can't even bother to get that right calls him George Kirby you know it's just it's so it's so shocking I think about that and I think of other countries or other news outlets around the world reporting on that and laughing I it just wow look at the speaker of the house can't even get the name right of all these protests by the way the 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 protests aren't just just happening uh here in the u.s i mean when the u.s does something all right it has an effect on the entire world you know the president is called the leader of the free world for a reason because even though even our standing in this on earth here less uh, still we're less than 250 years old what we do matters throughout the whole world. It sends a shockwave. Oh, the Americans are doing that? Well, we better do that too. That's what we've seen as far as the protests go. You're seeing them worldwide. But think our leaders are, are failing us here. So sad. Anyway, um, so Police Chief Carmen Best in Seattle emphasized she supported peaceful protests and that Black Lives Matter. Uh, but she says, quote, enough is enough our job is to support peaceful demonstrations but what has happened here on these streets over the last few weeks is lawless and it's brutal and bottom line it is simply unacceptable um and you know so thank god that they have finally taken it back but again it it's too late mayor it's too late we've already lost two of our America of uh, members of our American family you know, tell tell the tell your decision why did it take you so long to decide to do this when it got personal for her well it's personal for Horace Lorenzo Anderson by the way okay let me get to some of the uh, what he said in the interview um, that he did he he was saying look there you know that no one no one has talked to him about this yet he says you know the, that somebody needs to come to my house and knock on my door and tell me something he was saying that he he, he had to find out his son uh, was dead basically through uh, YouTube he said I'm hearing from YouTube I don't know nothing all I know is my son is dead I'm still trying to figure out answers so I can sleep he says I don't sleep my kids don't sleep I can't even stay at home my kids they feel like they are unsafe at home I've been buying motel rooms and I don't have that type of money I wasn't prepared for this he says the only way that I found out was just two of his friends that happened to be up there they came and told me they weren't even from Seattle he says I haven't heard from the de police department they've never they never even came you <laughs> can feel this guy's pain he says my son needed help and I don't feel like they helped my son now remember that there we have there's video footage from this area this chop zone where the the paramedics are trying to get through it's either paramedics or police and they're saying just please let us by we just want to help this person 
Every single one of those people, by the way, that was in that chop zone area there, I have no time for. And as far as I'm concerned, they have no place, no place in our American family anymore. None of them. They're all disgusting, disgraceful criminals and thugs. And I want nothing to do with them. And I don't think anyone in this country should have anything, anything whatsoever. Shouldn't want to be around those people. You know, these people are disgusting who are in there. Total scum of the earth let alone this country. You know, this this man oh, it, it is never going to see his son again. I think we got the 4th of July coming up on Saturday. He won't be there to celebrate that. He won't be there to celebrate a 20th birthday. He's not going to get that chance. He's gone. Um, He says, my son needed help. I don't feel like they helped my son. And I don't, um, I just, I feel like he, without this, he would just be nobody. You know, he's just, it doesn't matter. He's just another guy. Like I, you know, uh, tried to allude to in the Washington Times um, article. You know, he's, he's just another child just swept up under the rug. And that's it. Forgotten about. But he says, no, he, he, he is somebody. He says, he is my son. He is Horace uh, Lorenzo Anderson Jr., the I tell you, it's the, the the pain and the the you know the suffering that this man has to go through now. He says, you know, I wake up in the morning, I look for my son. He's not there no more. I'm you know I'm saying it's like I go in there, I'm kissing a picture. He's not there. I this is devastating. And heartbreaking for this man. Um, he's and uh, this this really struck me. He says you're taking away generations. He said you're taking away our youth. You are taking away my son, who never had the chance to have another child. My grandbaby. That's a generation that's taken from me. He says, I understand Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on, but that's not my movement right now. My movement is to let them know that that Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. was my son. He says, I'm being a Christian now in my heart um, and that everything is in God's hands now. But the part, think about it. He says, you're taking away generations. He, the death of this man, uh, Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr., he's never gonna, he is never going to experience having a child and reproduce. You know, and by the way, so you got Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. Therefore, the father who I'm talking about was Horace is Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. That's Jr. would have carried on the namesake. And now that is gone. That is taken away. Why does it, why always do people have to die? Why do the Democrats always allow people to die? You know, is it really, is the, their theory really the ends always justify the means? How seriously do they honestly take that? That people die. I mean, we're record. After record in Chicago, a one-year-old, one-year-old is dead, is gone in Chicago. It, I think it was a she, by the way. I think I misspoke and said he. But that baby is not coming back. Okay, I, I, I don't even know how. What do you say to that family? You, you, there's nothing to say. I, it's you're at a loss for words. How tough would that be, to be a detective? By the way, there wasn't a detective or police that came to let Horace Lorenzo or Anderson Senior know about his son's death. He found out through his, his son's friends and from uh, YouTube. Now, how do you have that conversation and say your one-year-old is is dead? Your 19-year-old son 
who you were so proud of and loved and cherished, you know, that you kissed every day, that you told you love him every single day is gone. And he's not coming back. It's, um, he says, God's going to take care of it. I feel like God is going to take care of me and he is going to take care of my son. The only thing I could possibly offer this man, by the way, he says, I, you know, I got to bury my son tomorrow. So what do you even say that you hope all goes well tomorrow when you bury your son, when you say your final goodbye to your child? Why? I, I, it just boggles my mind that there, death has to occur for things to finally change. That's the Democrats, that's what the Democrats have given the African-American community. They bring them death. They bring them crimes. They bring them violence. They bring them shootings. At what point in time does the African-American community finally take a stand and say, hey, you know what? You are the party of the KKK. You are the party of racism. You are the party of slavery. You are the party of Robert Byrd. You are the party of Strom Thurmond. It's Republicans that freed the slaves. It's Republic, the Republican Party that was co-founded by African Americans. Why, are, why were we led to believe that everything changed? That the Democrats now care about the African American community? This, this interview, this story... You know, we'll keep reporting on this program, and we'll continue to do it, about the deaths in Chicago and the African Americans that are dying there. At what point is enough actually truly enough? And listen, to the African American community, you have that opportunity to change that. All these deaths can go away. A perfect example is how, look at how crimes went down under Rudy Giuliani, the Republican mayor of New York City. This is what happens when you have Republicans in charge. Don't get me wrong. There are some Republicans who are weak, who just sit in their seat, don't say anything, as quiet as a church mouse, and could care less about real change and real reform but there's others that do truly care one of them is in the Oval Office right now uh, what I'll continue to go through the president's accomplishments with the african-american community opportunity zones that happened under President Trump school choice give the choice to the parents what school do you want your kid in that's President Trump uh, the criminal justice reform in the First Step Act, President Trump, $250 million annually to historically black colleges and universities. That, again, President Trump. This, this wasn't eight years. I think about it. An African-American president, why in God's name didn't he pass this stuff? Why didn't he try his very best to fix violence and deaths and shootings and crimes in Chicago, his hometown? He had eight years of it, and he did nothing. He barely even mentioned Chicago. You know, the president has continuously said when it comes to African-American voters, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Because as far as Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. goes, he just lost his son. As far as hundreds in Chicago, they continue to lose their sons and daughters and family members. It's total failure by Democrat leadership. That's how big this election is. African Americans, you have the chance to change it. The opportunity is here and now. You got four months. 
think about it. Really take a long, hard look and think about who's the party of slavery, who's the party of the KKK, who's the party of racism, who's the party that continues to let African Americans die, who's the party that continues to bring crime and violence to your neighborhoods, who continues to destroy major cities in the U.S. It's not the Republican Party. What do you have to lose, says the president. Anyway, so, you know, hey, uh, from a personal standpoint, God bless um, Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. God bless him. Seriously, God bless his heart. And uh, as far as Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. goes, you know, just rest in peace. And we have to make sure that his memory is not forgotten. Anyway, so Donald Trump was tweeting today. The President of the United States says New York City is cutting police dollar sign LOL by one billion dollars. And yet the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, is going to paint a big expensive yellow Black Lives Matter sign on Fifth Avenue, denigrating this luxury avenue. This will further antagonize New York's finest, who love New York and vividly remember the horrible Black Lives Matter chant, pigs in a blanket, or uh, fry them like bacon. Maybe our great, by the way, also they chanted, uh, the president didn't incorporate this, but what do we want? Dead cops. Maybe our great police, who have been neutralized and scorned, by a mayor who hates and disrespects them won't let this symbol of hate be affixed to New York's greatest street. Spend this money fighting crime instead. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, because the president, um, it, 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 well, listen to this question from uh, John Carl from ABC. Why is the president calling, obviously he's asking um, Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary, why is the president calling Black Lives Matter a symbol of hate? What the president was noting, says Kaylee McEnany, is that simply when you look at some of the things that have been chanted by a Black Lives Matter, like pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, that is not an acceptable phrase to paint on our streets. He agrees that all black lives matter, including those of Officer, Officer David Dorn, Patrick Underwood, two officers whose lives were tragically taken during these riots. By the way, do you ever hear those names in the mainstream media? Do you ever hear them on what's supposed to be straight news reporting? And if you just want news, you're supposed to go there and find it? with John Carroll's own network himself, ABC, or CBS, or NBC. You won't see those names there. Don't even bother CNN and MSDNC. Have, have you noticed, by the way, if you turn on CNN, this is the most blatant example of how CNN tries to instill fear in the American people is since the whole coronavirus thing started they've had this this like ticker this this uh graphic with coronavirus pandemic and the deaths and the cases they and they continue to have it to this very day i anything literally anything that they can do to hurt trump's re-election bid that's what they're going to do they disgust me they really do they never talk about how many people have uh, have have uh, beaten the virus, the ones that are that are now fully recovered from it. They never mention that. By the way, it vastly—I don't have the number in front of me uh, right now—but it vastly, vastly, is larger than uh, the people that have um, succumbed to it. So Kaylee McEnany continues: um, All Black lives do matter. He agrees with that sentiment. But what he doesn't agree with is an organization with those chants about our police officers, our valiant heroes who are out on the street 
protect protecting us each and every day american well no no here's carl carl oh Amer americans of all races have pro protested in all 50 states are around that phrase black lives matter and the president is here calling it a symbol of hate Alyssa Kaylee McEnany again she says he's um uh you know she says that he says um what's the name of the organization again John Carl the idiot well black lives matter he says there you go you just answered my question <laughs> it's just you know I, I always I take time on this program to outline some of the media's question because could you imagine Joe Biden getting hit with a question like that? You will never see anything like that. Biden's press conference, you saw the questions that he got. Hey, you know, well, well, I'm I'm older too. I'm older too. And you know, oh, what's what's the hardest thing? He never gets questions like this. Are you kidding me? You know, how the, the the mainstream media, their masks are well and truly off now. They are radical leftist democrats in the media how many democrats do you see get out of office and then there they are appearing on cnn appearing on msnbc it continues and continues to happen it's <laughs> no surprise it really isn't that's how the that's how these people are um now anyway so there's supreme you know i feel like it, uh, that i keep going to the uh Supreme Court and I keep giving different um you know cases and things like that the Supreme Court but here's something that I found very interesting and this was in a uh, Breitbart rumors of Justice Clarence Thomas planning to retire okay that was circulating over uh, the internet and there was also rumors by the way of uh, uh, Samuel Alito as well Justice Alito which was uh, it was Hugh Hewitt getting to it. and Hugh Hewitt is supposed to be a conservative talk radio host. I have a little bit of my doubts in Hugh Hewitt because he continuously says that, well, my, my buddy, my near friend, Chuck, Chuck Todd, um, I'm like, hold on a minute, Hugh. You understand how bad Chuck Todd is? You understand how much of a liberal piece of garbage slimeball Chuck Todd actually is? Do you understand he's the worst news anchor in this entire country? And that's your buddy? I, which side are you on here, Hugh? Um, so anyway, so Carrie uh, Severino, who clerked for uh, Justice Tom, uh, Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court, she said that uh, the rumors of Justice Clarence Thomas planning to retire completely and utterly false. She says, every year around this time, we start, oh, um, and this came forward, by the way, with this, um, with a claim by Washington Post's uh, Robert Costa, thinking uh, that the Trump administration is preparing for uh, Clarence Thomas' possible retirement. Uh, but Severino, by the way, says, every year around this time, we start hearing some of the same rumors. You heard them last year, same ones. From my perspective, and I know Justice Thomas well, clerked for him, I can tell you 100% with 100% certainty, excuse me, that that rumor, there is nothing to it. So that made me think, right? Because you know you have a lifetime uh, appointment when you're uh, on the Supreme Court. Well, why am I hearing things about retiring? And I know the Democrats. I know the. I know how they are. I know I've studied them very well. I know that they could care less about the American people. I know that they care about criminals, people that advocate for abortion and illegal aliens. But Clarence Thomas, I'm like, all right, let me do see what I can find here. Clarence Thomas is 72 years old. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I know. But here's something though. You want to talk about retirement and age who on the Supreme Court is 87 years old <laughs> how about Ruth Bader Ginsburg who how I, I will continue to ask the question how can she possibly legislate she was she was like half asleep half dead 
at Kavanaugh's confirmation. Yet she's the one deciding these high-profile cases. The highest court in all of the land. 87 years old and she's still there. At what point does she retire? Seriously. That's why I think these, these rumors might be starting. And Breyer, the other uh, liberal, along with uh, Sotomayor and Kagan on the court, and half the time Roberts as well, he's 81 years old. So why is there ever why are there ever any rumors about Thomas retiring when he's 72 when you got an 81 year old and an 87 year old on there? Now as far as Hugh Hewitt's claim goes with Alito, uh, he's a uh, conservative talker. This was in Fox News, by the way. Conservative radio host Hugh Hewitt told listeners Wednesday morning that according to his sources, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito is considering retirement. And, uh, you know, it came on the heels of the same Washington Post report. Um, but as far as Alito goes, uh, he's not 87. He's not 81. Alito is 70 years old. So he's literally younger than Clarence Thomas at 72. I'm like, why, if there should be any rumors circulating about retirement on the Supreme Court, it should be from the dang 87-year-old. It should be from the 81-year-old, not the two conservatives who are stri who are very conservative, along with Kavanaugh as well. I wasn't real happy about Gorsuch um, and him, you know, joining with the majority in the whole uh, um, uh, what LGBTQ ABCXYZ uh, trans, you know, citing a law as the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964, when in 1964, I'm not even sure there was a thing transgender. I don't know what happened there, Gorsuch, but <laughs> it's just funny to me. I always, I always have hesitancies about this. Always uh, speculation rises for me when I hear retirement of the Supreme Court, and it's not about Ginsburg, or it's not about Breyer, really. Just odd to me. It really is um, quite odd. Now, anyway, as far as the Supreme Court, you know, I always the Supreme Court's there to um, uphold the law and um, uh, what I, the other goal of the Supreme Court. You know, they they, they um, you know the law is the law. That's how I see you. Be an originalist on there. The Constitution is the Constitution. Don't try to legislate from the bench. Um, we've heard many cases about the Second Amendment, but gun sales now. Okay, gun sales. You know, got it right here. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Second Amendment. Now, here's someone I used to admire who has gone full, crazy, radical, extreme leftist now. That being, and, and this was a man that used to do straight news. I'm talking about Piers Morgan, by the way, in the UK. I'm sure a lot of you know who Piers Morgan is. But he used to be fair down the middle. He's had controversies over the years. You know, I don't agree at all with him as far as guns go. Um, you know, he can commentate how he wants, but I think he's coming from a place of ignorance when it comes to um, guns and commenting on guns. He's been trying to ban guns in the U.S. for a long time. Well, listen to this. So he says... Um, he tweets on the Twitter box, breaking, just when you thought the news couldn't, uh, he actually says the news couldn't more depressing, couldn't be more depressing. I'll save you there, Pierce. That happens, typo. Um, 8.3 million guns have been sold in the United States since March, meaning 2020 is on course to be the biggest year for gun sales in American history. You know, you see the comments there, conservative, and they love it, as you should. Pierce can't stand it. He hates it. Liberals hate it. But here's the thing. When you have, oh, and the NRA, by the way, is in there too. It says millions of new gun owners after record-breaking June. Americans bought 2.3 million guns during June. Up, listen to this number, 145% since June 2019. Many retailers uh, report that their inventory is drained. Since March, 8.3 million guns have been sold. Um, and it's funny because the NRA touts it and Pierce can't stand it. He hates it. 
But here's the thing that Piers doesn't understand. If you have a party that is running on a platform of defund and abolish the police, Americans have that right that's afforded them as American citizens to have the right to bear arms, to have guns. They have a right for safety, for protection. It's you know the second it's always under attack. I'm looking at the part of the First Amendment where you got freedom of speech or of the press. That's what I'm looking at always. If there's anything we're gonna uh, amend as far as the amendments go, how about the the freedom from the press? And I continue that because we know that they are pathological, prolific liars. But I gotta I gotta tell you something though. And this kind of this kind of threw me for a loop because the New York Times reported this. Nearly the headline in the New York Times was nearly one billion dollars is shifted from police in budget that pleases no one. Well, wait a minute here. The New York Times is as Democrat, liberal, crazy, whacked out leftist as you can get. Doesn't that please you? New York Times, that's $1 billion from the police. Your whole defund the police, don't worry, de Blasio's got your back on that one. But as far as how it doesn't please that, AOC, okay, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who gets airtime and gets attention because people think she's attractive and because she's young. That's the only reason. She doesn't have any great idea whatsoever. In fact, AOC is one of the bigger advocates for hating this country. She really, truly does. She's mad about the budget. Well, oh, okay, well, maybe she's starting to be saying that you don't want to actually defund the police because they keep us safe and keep our community secure. No, no, no. <laughs> Philip, you come on, you're giving her too much. I guess I am. A disingenuous illusion. And she says, defund the police means defund the police oh my goodness who votes for these people seriously at some point you're gonna have to look into election fraud because i can't imagine that if you're informed enough that you listen to this and their crazy strategies and policies that they want to implement so they can destroy this country from within and still vote for them. It truly boggles my mind. It really does. Now, here's someone, though. Rapper, Lord Jamar. He is, I saw a video with him. It was on the Twitter box. He said it was on, uh, uh, at we are scum. Under, I think that's an underscore. I'm not good with computer language and lingo. But anyway, he says, listen to this now. Black Lives Matter is a movement that was given to us by George Soros and his effing boys. <laughs> he says, this is, this is not our movement. Well, he's absolutely right. By the way, George Soros still gets a pass. You know, you never, ever hear George Soros' name brought up. How he just weasels and slides and sneaks through he's like this this snake who was who was sent from the devil himself to put on this earth obviously you know figuratively don't be so crazy um to to destroy america I, that has been soros's plan for a long time he's just this this evil maniacal twisted sadistic son of a gun that wants to destroy this country. Now, as far as Black Lives Matter go, Lord Jamar's got it absolutely spot on correct. Because Hawk Newsom, Hawk Newsom, American political activist, you go right to Google, it's right there for you. Um, uh, as uh, He's the co-founder of the Greater New York chapter of Black Lives Matter. Well, remember what he says, quote, this is, these are not Philip Ward's words. These are Hawk Newsom's words. The co-founder of Black Lives Matter in New York, um, New York uh, chapter of it. Quote, if this country 
doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it. And I could be speaking figuratively. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. As well as that, following on from that, if that's not sadistic enough, I continue to point it out in this program. Patrice Colors, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, also identifies the uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, you feel if you can't talk Wikipedia, what are you, a professor for God's sake? She also identifies as a queer activist. I'll just throw that out there. What does she say? The first thing, quote, the first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. We are trained Marxists. That's from the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Not my word, not anyone else's words. That's the left for you. Now I really wanna, now I'm, I wouldn't say excited, but I've been wanting to go through this for a long time because this guy here, we used to it used to be in conservative media there by the way the liberal media would never they 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 don't want anything to do with Saul Alinsky but I've been meaning to get this out there and I did a little um I wanted to save time today so that I can actually go through it because Saul Alinsky plays a big and by the way he's been dead since January or excuse me um uh June 1972 but his words, his writing is playing a huge, huge role in what we're seeing as far as Black Lives Matter go, as far as the chaos and anarchy and destruction that we're seeing on the streets right now in our beloved country. Well, not beloved if you're a Democrat, but that's besides the point. Saul Alinsky, okay, Alinsky and I, radical leftists. Alinskyites, as they're called, or could be called. Alinsky, you could call AOC an Alinskyite. She's a radical leftist, but anyway. Um, and Islam Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley, all those, Bernie Sanders, these new crazy, whacked out Democrats. I always say that you can differentiate between uh, the old Democrats. You have Biden, Pelosi, Schumer. Uh, I'd put Cuomo there. De Blasio sort of He's sort of leaning more towards the radical Linskyites now, the party. Um, and you can you 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 almost have to put Barack Obama in that category as being way more to the left than Joe Biden. Um, I would even almost put him close to AOC. I mean, now they're not afraid to reveal their true identity of how crazy they really are. And how radical they are. Obama was always afraid to do that because he wanted to be president. But Saul Alinsky plays a huge part. He is like the left's, he's like the Democrats' hero. He wrote their playbook. Think of what I'm going to read to you now and how it applies to the Democrats and to Black Lives Matter and what we're seeing. So Saul Alinsky in 1971 wrote a book rules for radicals and in that book he lays out the 13 rules for radicals now let me read them to you and i want you to think of these as i'm reading them as far as black lives matter and the democrat party goes number one power is not only what you have but what the enemy thinks you have power is derived from two main sources money and people quote have nots must build power listen to this from flesh and blood okay a little odd number two never go outside the expertise of your people it results in confusion fear and retreat feeling secure adds to the backbone of anyone number three whenever possible go outside the expertise of the enemy. Look for ways to increase insecurity, anxiety, and uncertainty. 
number four. By the way, I don't want to give you my opinions on this. I mean, you, you know how I feel about things like this, but I want you to be able to formulate your own given these rules that I'm laying out for you. And the, again, not Philip Ward's rule, not PJW's. They're Sololinsky, the left's hero. And I'll tell you how the left's hero in a second. Anyway, let me continue. Just shut up, up Philip. Read the rules for God's sake. Number four, make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. If the rule is that every letter gets a reply, send 30,000 letters. You can kill them with this because no one can possibly obey all of their own rules. Number five, ridicule is man's most potent weapon. There is no defense. It's irrational. It's infuriating. It also works as a key pressure point to force the enemy into concessions. Number six, a good tactic is one your people enjoy. They'll keep doing it without urging and come back to do more. They're doing their thing and will even suggest better ones. Number seven, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Don't become old news. Number eight, keep the pressure on. Never let up. Keep trying new things to keep the opposition off balance. As the opposition masters one approach, hit them from the flank with something new. Number nine, the threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. Imagination and ego can dream up many more consequences than any activist. Number 10, the major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. It is this unceasing pressure that results in the reactions from the opposition that are essential for the success of the campaign. Number 11, if you push a negative hard enough, it will push through and become a positive. Violence from the other side can win the public to your side because the public sympathizes with the underdog. Number 12, the price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. Never let the enemy score points because you're caught without a solution to the problem. Number 13, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Cut off the support network and isolate the target from sympathy. Go after people and not institutions. People hurt faster than institutions. Now think about all those rules and how it applies to the Democrat, how they apply to the Democrat Party and the Black Lives Matter riots and protests that we're seeing on the streets right now. Talk about polarizing. What party in this country polarizes things more than the Democrat Party. Everything you see from Democrats can be laid back to that, to Saul Alinsky and his rules for radicals. Ben Carson, uh, who's now the HUD secretary, pointed it out in 2016. He said, now of the things that I have learned about Hillary Clinton is that one of her heroes, her mentors, Remember another one of her mentors, Robert KKK Bird, the recruiter for the KKK, also Democrat Senator, West Virginia. But anyway, uh, Carson says, one of the things I learned about Hillary is that one of her heroes was Saul Alinsky. Her senior thesis was about Saul Alinsky. This is someone that she greatly admired and that affected all her philosophies uh, subsequently one on the dedication page of rules for radicals it acknowledges Lucifer 
the original radical who gained his own kingdom. And by the way, if you go to the book Rules for Rabbi, it is on there. Now, Saul Alinsky as well, always he was the quote, uh, this thing Springer's got it down there. And all you got to do is look up Alinsky Community Organizing. He was called the quote, father of community organizing. Okay, Saul Alinsky, this radical, destructive man who wanted chaos and anarchy and radicals to rise up as the quote, have nots. He, he says he's a community organizer. Well, who else was a community organizer for the city of Chicago? None other than Barack Hussein Obama. It was the, this is the same Barack Obama who says and gets this from uh, Reverend Wright, who I'll get to in a second, Reverend Jeremiah Wright. Obama said, there's a reading. You can hear it for yourself on um, YouTube. Just type in this phrase and find Obama. Don't take Philip Ward's words, words for it. Wow, that was weird. Ward words, huh? But anyway, Obama literally reading an excerpt said this exact quote this is barack obama this is former president of the united states barack obama white folks greed runs a world in need and he got that from reverend jeremiah wright who was obama's pastor that's the same reverend wright who says not God bless America. No, forget about that. This is Reverend Wright who says, G.D. America. And that blamed 9-11 on the United States. The same Reverend Jeremiah Wright who says after 9-11 that America's chickens have come home to roost. This is the left's hero this is their playbook rules for being rules for a radical Saul Alinsky and there's his direct tie there's how he's linked to Obama and how Obama links to Reverend Wright you know once you get to it you see how fake and fraudulent that the left really are and the leaders of the Democrat Party perceive that if there's a perception of the democrat leaders in public that they are you know that they care that they're here for you but in actuality all they care about is being complete and utter radicals they care about destroying this country from within and you don't have to take my words for it. Just see what Saul Alinsky himself says. All those 13 rules, that's Saul Alinsky's writing. That's from 1971. And here's a, you can go and ask Horace Lorenzo Anderson, senior. See if he feels let down by Democrats. See if any of the families of the victims of Chicago that we hear about and report on every single week. See if they feel let down by Democrats. See if what if Democrats have brought them anything else. You know, Barack Obama, the where Biden was the vice president, of course. We use president, hope and change. Yes, we can. Hope and change. He did nothing for Chicago. He did not a single, single thing for them. You know, there was thousands and thousands of people that died in Chicago under his presidency. And he just sat there. He let it happen. He didn't want any part of it. He didn't want anything to do with it. Just like the Mayor Durkin here in CHOP. He wanted nothing to do with ending violence and death. You know, Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr.'s blood on the hands of Durkin. 
know, at least she finally acted, and it was too late when she did. Governor Inslee, I still haven't heard a single thing from Governor Inslee. And I feel just so bad. I want to reiterate uh, that my heart goes out, and God bless Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr., and may his son Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. rest in peace.